This is an ABC podcast. <gasps> that was so great. <sighs> it was okay. I didn't come though. But you do usually come though, right? Yeah. I mean, with other guys. I'm oh, bad at sex. How do you rate yourself in bed? Do you reckon you're good at sex? Bad? Great? Just average? Good sex is one of those things where you kind of just know it when you have it. But knowing what actually makes the sex good for you and your partner can boost your skill and your pleasure. I'm Nat Tenchich, and you deserve to have the best sex ever. So on this episode, I'll explore what makes someone great in bed, what it means to be sexually compatible with someone else, how we know when we're having great sex, and how anyone can get better with the right mindset. So how did you answer my first question? How do you rate yourself in the sack? If you reckon you're good, you're in the minority. According to a survey by Netflix, Aussies are surprisingly underconfident, with only one in 10 rating themselves as great lovers, and only about a third rating themselves as good. For the record, I wanted to check that with the hookup Insta, and gotta say, people who listen to this pod like you are much more confident. About 60% reckon they're good at sex. And yeah, it's probably because you're taking lessons from this pod. So what actually makes you good in bed? Is it getting everyone off? Or is there more to it? Hookup listeners had some thoughts about it. Do you think you're good at sex? <laughs> um, uh, I don't want to toot my own horn, but yeah, I think I am. <laughs> what do you think makes you good at sex? Ooh, um, I guess the, the, the want to satisfy her. I guess that's a big one. Um, and based on experience and stuff as well, it's like uh, I sort of know what works and um, yeah, what doesn't and things like that. I guess how long as well, like just being able to go for like more than just the average time and it satisfies me satisfying them. Um, I guess the, the phrase is true, you know, nice guys do finish last. <laughs> I don't receive bad reviews, I'll put it that way. <laughs> okay, he's like modest, like really toned yeah. it down. Well, 100%, like you, it's, it's kind of hard to separate, you know, how good I am versus like other things, you know, like the buffer men's so low that just... You know, talking to someone and, you know, listening to their needs is already, like, beating a, a decent chunk. So I can't really separate, you know, how good versus, you know, just being a half-decent human being. How do you think you get the best sex out of an encounter? What's your what's your strat? most important thing is communication. Uh, communication, uh, patience and understanding is a pretty big one. If you're having sex with uh, more than one person in your entire lifetime, you can't just approach every sexual encounter with the same mindset. You've got to go into it, you know, willing to learn, cooperate and understand. I think that with the people I am in bed with, I think it's good, but that's because I really like to make sure that my confidence is up to be able to have the conversations that are needed. I think it's been a lot of self-discovery and growth and I can't actually have penetrative sex anymore at the moment. I have to be really honest and really good at communicating that with others. So like some of the things that I tick off with other partners is that they are passionate, they are playful, they are a bit of a tease, but they have that sexual intellect to know like when they need to back off or like when they should actually take things further. Like they can read my cues and I can do the same for them. I would definitely say I like to shoot my own horn um, <laughs> unlike some other people. I think... For me, my experience also comes from being a sex worker and understanding people's cues, actually listening to 
what people really like, what they don't like. Giving consent, receiving consent, and just in general, like trying new things. And then also like adding toys and things into the bedroom as well. That's something that helps you and like communicating everything that is really important to you in bed. Love hookup listeners. I swear this community is so switched on. But let's roll it back a bit because we can't really say what makes someone good at sex until we work out what good sex actually is. And that, of course, is different for everyone. Sexologist Chantelle Otten is the author of The Sex Ed You Never Had. She's on a mission to help you have the best sex you possibly can. And she reckons good sex is all about the P word. I think good sex is really about pleasure. It's about intention and it's about cooperation and, of course, safe, consensual sex as well. She thinks focusing on what makes an individual good at sex is missing the cock forest for the trees. So I really think that if you're going in and you want to have a good time and you want your partner to have a good time, we need to move away from this performance-based model, which we traditionally are taught to kind of look towards, where It's really about like, how hard can you do it? You know, how quickly can you get it done? How many times can you orgasm? You know, how loud are you, et cetera, and really work towards, well, what works for both of us or all of us as a team and what's going to bring the most amount of pleasure? We want to walk away from that experience going, that felt amazing, regardless of whether there was penetration or orgasm involved. Wait, hang on, record scratch. You don't have to come to have good sex? No. (laughs) How many people can't have orgasms but still have really great pleasurable sex? No, I don't think an orgasm is the be-all, end-all. I think if you think about sex like a layered cake in a way, you know, you want to have a few different layers. They're sweet, they're exciting. You've got, you know, maybe some icing on top and then the cherry on top might be the orgasm. You know, it's just that extra bit of sweetness, but we just want to have a little bit of a, you know, just a like a very pleasurable time. We don't have to think that orgasm is the goal nor, you know, the the way that it equals I guess, successful sex as well. I mean, as someone who didn't come during sex for most of my sexually active years, it's true. You can have a super duper great time without climaxing. Cam Fraser is a men's sex coach and says coming to the bedroom with expectations of what good sex should be, like a certain amount of time or orgasms, for example, sets you up for failure. There's a lot of shooting when it comes to sex. It should involve penetration or it should involve uh, an ejaculation or it should involve uh, uh, the genitals in in particular and so uh, if we can get past like what it what the particulars are what the performance kind of markers are of how long it lasts and how many orgasms there were and move towards like was it just a pleasurable experience did we both or did everyone involved enjoy themselves Uh, then that's more of a barometer for whether the sex was good or not so is this what's driving our lack of confidence Because remember, only one in three people called themselves good at sex. And only one in ten think they're great. And there's a slight split between guys and gals too, with women being slightly more willing to call themselves great. So are straight guys actually worse in bed? Or are they just underselling themselves? Cam says there's a bravado attached to the idea of straight men's sexual ability. 
It can even stop some dudes from getting better because they're so hung up on proving that they're good. There's a lot of insecurities and anxieties around sex. And I think this is probably like affirming that these these numbers and, and particularly when it comes to kind of anonymous surveys as well. You know, if someone asks us point blank face to face, we might tend to, uh, and this is especially true for, for the men that I work with, kind of talk about how good they are and kind of put on that kind of facade uh, and that marchiness. But it, when it comes to a, an anonymized survey, then there's a bit more tendency to be a bit more truthful about how you actually feel about your sexual prowess. It is interesting that you mentioned, um, you know, men in particular feeling a little bit less confident because according to the Netflix stats, um, they found that women rated themselves more highly than men, only slightly, 16% said that they were great, while only 11% of dudes said that they were great. So what do you think, what do we think that's all about? Yeah, I, again, I also think this is like to do with, uh, there's some, a lot of insecurities and there's a lot of anxieties that a lot of guys mask when they come to talking about sex. They'll kind of talk themselves up and pretend that they're, uh, you know, God's gift to uh, whoever they're attracted to, I suppose. And, and then when it comes to actually uh, diving deeper into how they really feel about their sexual performance or sexuality, that there's a bit more anxiety and security there. So I think that's probably what is is going on, at least in part. And do you think, I mean, I guess too, like a bit of a disconnect between what guys are sort of told means that they're good in bed and what actually makes you good in bed. Yeah, totally. There's a lot of uh, like performance oriented uh, mentality when it comes to sex. And, and you know, there's especially I work with these guys, they have this mentality that, uh, you know, you've got to be a productive member of society. You've got to kind of like be achieving goals and producing something and always moving forward and be goal oriented. And so they bring that mentality into the bedroom as well. And so if sex is in, you know, to be successful, it's got to have an ejaculation or it's got to have an orgasm or it's got to have penetration. It's got to have all these things. Uh, and if they don't have those, then they feel like they've uh, they feel like it's been unsuccessful or it's been a failure or they feel like they've wasted time and we can't waste any time because time is money. So uh, there's this uh, really you know, strong performance mindset that I think is playing into this as well. While the data didn't split based on sexuality, anecdotally, some hookup listeners told us they felt their queerness made them better at sex. Chantel says while having the same equipment can help in some encounters, a reminder that not all queer sex encounters are opposite biological sex, it's not the only reason queers are good at sex. I think that when it comes to same-sex uh, erotic encounters, if you've got the same body, you kind of have a little bit of an idea of what feels good on your body. So you can emulate that onto, you know, what you're doing with your same-sex partner. But I also think it might be a little bit easier to talk to the same-sex partner about what your wants and needs are and how to adjust a little bit to their body, to your body. I think when it comes to heterosexual couples, I do think that there's a lot more ego involved. I don't know why I feel that way. I just think it's ego, it's insecurity, it's a lack of sex education, it's a lack of communication education, and I think that we just tend to miss the mark a little bit there as well. Okay, well, we're here for education, so let's talk about how you can be having that kind of connected, open sex, because that's what makes you good, right? And you want to be good. Well, Chantel says it's time to back it up because we are still thinking about this all wrong. It depends on who you're with and when. 
it's so circumstantial. You might be like really good at it with one person at a particular time. Does that mean that you're going to be good at it the next time? No, not unless you're working with that other person to make sure you're both on the same page. I mean, I think even in long-term relationships, you can be having good sex for a period of time. You might be sticking to a sexual menu that really works well, that, that you're guaranteed to have pleasure on. But those feelings and those tastes do change as you go along. So what makes you good at sex? Actually asking, like, does this feel good for you? Can I do anything different? Not coming into an erotic scenario with an ego or with, I guess, your own journey in mind without collaborating with your sexual partners. Okay, okay. So it's not about you being good. It's about having a good thing going and working on it with your partner. That's the kind of thing that makes you sexually compatible. Now, if you haven't heard about this before, sexual compatibility is when you and your partner have desires and preferences that complement each other. You like the same stuff or you love taking opposite roles. Tops being with bottoms, doms being with subs, or you like to switch it around in ways that work. Or you both like trying new things, or you both love toys, or you both like to stay vanilla. Whatever it is, you're on the same sexual page. When you find that dynamic, boom, it's just electric. Here's what Hookup listeners told us about what it feels like to find your sexual match. My ex that I had, we were very compatible, but we weren't romantically compatible. It's been hard to find that electricity since. And there have been times where like, I've fully vibed with someone out of the bedroom, and then even after communicating and stuff and saying what we like and what we don't like, then we get into the bedroom and it just doesn't quite click. I was seeing a girl for a short time, and I, although it didn't work romantically, sexually we were great, and probably up there for one of the better partners in my life and we connected really well physically. I think it just brought, I think it brought out a lot of my um, preferences and, and what I like and stuff. And so I guess I, I felt comfortable just doing what I could do because she was on the same level. It, it, was, it just made it so easy. And it you know, allowed me to be a bit dominant, you know, a little, uh, little bit of spanking and just, um, yeah, just, I guess, throwing her around a little bit and, um, and being like very passionate, I suppose, but yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't go the way I wanted to romantically. And I guess what I'm worried about is if I find another partner, um, you know, she's great, she's all around, she's lovely, but when it comes to the bedroom, not quite hitting the mark. So I have this interesting intersection of being a sex worker and I'm also polyamorous and bisexual. So I interact with a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. And yeah, the thing that makes me really good at my job having been in the industry for four years isn't that I'm, you know, physically attractive. It's my determination to find something that works with every person and figuring out what exactly they enjoy, what exactly they need as well, because a lot of people think of sex as just means to an end, as a way to have an orgasm, and they think that's what they need. They just need to escape being horny. But a lot of people are actually searching for a lot more. They're searching to feel seen, to feel validated. They're searching for touch. But yeah, I think something that makes compatibility a lot more likely is communication. Communicating what you want, what you've done, what you think you might want to try out and feeling seen and heard and validated. Damn, okay, that sounds pretty hot. But wait, does that mean you can only have great sex with a certain kind of person? Here's Cam. 
And then when it gets to um, you know, the, the sexual experience itself, you've, you know, the key to it, the key to a good jam session is you've got to know your own instrument. You've kind of got to know what it is that you're playing. And, um, and, and it kind of helps to have a little bit of an understanding of your partner's instrument as well. But if you don't, if, you, if you're not practicing, right, and I think someone else said this before, practice makes perfect. If you're not practicing your own instrument, if you're not learning about all the different ways to play it, then um, you're not going to be able to bring that to a, a jam session with your partner or, or a sexual experience with your partner and vice versa. You hope they're doing the same thing as well. So having this kind of robust understanding of your own body and your own instrument, so to speak, uh, is like for me at least one way of understanding then, okay, this is probably going to be a pretty good experience um, because I'm getting this vibe. This person knows what they're talking about and knows what they're doing as well. So it's not a case of perfect match. Chantel says compatibility can build and it can fade too. I think like one thing that we also have to highlight is if you ask yourself what sex is and you ask someone else, they're probably going to have totally different answers. And that's because everyone has different understandings of what counts as sex. And I think, you know, when it comes down to sexual compatibility, that also comes down to how well your individual beliefs and your needs and desires sexually you know, around sexual activities mesh with that other person. And that comes down to like, first of all, what is your definition of sex? What is the duration and frequency of desired sex? You know, what are your turns on, ons and turns offs? What's your relationship orientation like? And, you know, where do you want to have sex? And I think at the end of the day, with sexual partners, regardless of not, or uh, you know, may the, maybe it's like a fling or maybe it's like a long-term thing, either way, you have to come to the situation and go, what can I do to make this really good? And there is nothing sexier than a partner going, what are you into tonight? What do you feel like doing? You know, because I think if you come together with someone who assumes that they know what you want in the bedroom, that's when we can lead to disaster. Because I also think at the start of each relationship, you might have some type of way that you're having sex and the two of you might be having the best time, but that will be totally different in 12 months time. You're going to have a totally different view of what you want in the bedroom, depending on the stages in your relationship and your life stages as well. So I do think the main thing you you need to have to be sexually compatible is motivation to get to know each other and where you're at at that erotic time. Wait, so does that mean there's actually no such thing as being sexually compatible? Is this some sort of myth? Well, not really. There are plenty of people in situations where you just won't be able to make it work. And Cam says that's okay. And it doesn't make you a bad lover either. This happens in in all kind of areas of our life, I suppose. Maybe we get along well with someone in a certain context, but then if we're in a different context with that person, things kind of don't really mesh. So I don't think it's unique to to sexuality and to eroticism, um, but it can be it can be things like um, you know we've just got different preferences in the bedroom or we've got you know things that just are off the table for us that our partner really wants to do and and so we we got to have some I guess like leeway in terms of okay maybe this partner is meeting my needs in these other regards but just doesn't meet my needs sexually and, and what can we do to navigate that space with one another. I think at the end of the day sometimes trying to feel it out works and sometimes it doesn't you know and I think that 
communicating is of course the best way to figure it out and communicating throughout the relationship before during and after sex um, of course communication is also important for consent but uh, you know with some people it just doesn't tend to work out and I, I do think that is down to like very much individualized circumstances I also think it's down to you know motivation how many times have there been couples coming to me where one person is way more motivated than the other person and the person who's got the lower level of you know maybe confidence around this topic just isn't at the right stage and point in their life where they feel like they can work on it or maybe there's a lot of shame that surrounds them um, and I think that if you are with someone that you think maybe this could work, you need to look out for a few kind of indications, maybe that they respond positively when you do ask for something, that they don't get defensive, you know, that you can try and find a way that you can communicate without feeling flooded with emotions. And I also think, you know, making sure that there's a lot of compliments along the way too. You know, I really love our time together. I would love to work on being more sexually compatible. Would you like to go see maybe like a sexologist or maybe we can try a little bit of Tantra or I've bought these, you know, foreplay games or sexy games on Love Honey and maybe we can try them out together. It really is about someone else showing up to the table and not just you. So it's not being good at sex. It's about being good at sex with a particular someone. So does that mean there's nothing you can change about yourself to make random sexual encounters better? Cam says there are qualities you can work on to improve your overall success rate. One of the things that I encourage people to do is have conversations about sex in non-sexual situations. So if you're able to like normalize having a conversation about what it is that turns you on and what your fantasies and desires are, as well as what your boundaries are and what your limitations might be in kind of like low stakes situations, like when you're going for a walk or having a cup of tea or just eating lunch together, then you're kind of fostering this uh, atmosphere or environment or container for you and your partner to um, you know, be open and communicative and um, curious about sex and pleasure and desires and boundaries. And, uh, and so that can lend itself really nicely to uh, when things are, are kind of hot and heavy. Uh, and then when you are in the moment, you know, keeping things as positively and pleasure, uh, pleasurably minded as possible. And, um, you know, a simple kind of strategy for this is like, instead of saying, oh, this is really terrible, I don't like this, uh, can you stop doing that? Uh, which can often be quite hard to hear for someone. Uh, if you can, again, you know, being mindful of language, try and reframe that to say, hey, actually, can we try this? I actually really like this. This is what I find really pleasurable. pleasurable. Can we do this instead? Um, that can be a lot easier for someone to navigate in the, in the kind of throes of passion, so to speak. So forget about being good at sex and think about being good at being a human being. Forget orgasms and think about pleasure. Forget lasting for hours or dick size or how well you can deep throat. Your best sex skills are an open mind and the confidence to communicate. Go have that great sex and change those numbers around. I hope next year it's not one in 10 people who think they're great at sex, but 10 out of 10. And if you want to keep improving, keep listening to The Hookup. Share it with your lover or a friend who also wants to brush up. And DM us on Instagram at Triple J The Hookup 
if you want more help with sex. I'll catch you next time.